Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Things. We're back, man. Episode 184. Yes, sir. All right, man. It's a little different today because uh, we decided to rock it out a little earlier this week. Um, basically, because Keith is going to be gone Saturday and Sunday, and we mm-hmm. record on sat- on Sunday. And since he's not going to be here, we just like, fuck it. So we did it Wednesday morning. Yeah. So if you guys are wondering why we didn't miss some big event or, you know, something crazy happens and we don't cover it, it's because we record it on a Wednesday morning. Yeah. So heads up on that. Got to get the content out, though. Yeah, man. But, you know, you can't make excuses not to put out content. You got to make sure that you're consistent, that you, you know, you grow the trust of the of the listener or mm-hmm. the, the, the audience. Because, you know, it's like... If you really love something or believe in something, you got to be willing to not only do the work, but the people who listen to you, do it for them too, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's important, man. You, you, mm-hmm. Like it, for a lot of things, and I don't want to go too deep, but you got to be like willing to, uh, for uh, lack of better words, you got to be willing to die behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there was a story that I seen from a, a firefighter on 9-11 and he missed the fire truck. The fire truck took off without him, so he put on all of his fire. The, all, he put all of his uniform on. He had the the suit, tanks, all this heavy ass shit that he had. He put it on and he ran five miles to the World Trade Center and he died in that building. Oh my gosh! So it's like you have to have that level of you know, um, not only investment but. He was willing to die for the the city of New, of New York and die defending and helping people. Yeah. Right. I'm not trying to conflate a podcast with this story on 9/11, but I think it's that your if purpose. it's your purpose, his purpose was to go and save someone's life. And this guy, to this day, they have a foundation. I feel like a piece of shit for not remembering his name. Um, but this guy put on a full suit and ran five, five miles. miles. That's wild. And man. he ran through a tunnel and every year they have uh they have a tribute to him where they they run through the tunnel and they run 5 miles to the World Trade Center. Dang. Yeah, man. So I was I was thinking about that. I'm just like, yo, you think about the level of commitment that he had to the city of New York and the people and to what he believed in that he was willing to die behind it. Mm-hmm. And you have to have that same approach in whatever it is you want to do. Now, this is just content creation, but at the same time, you know, having that level of tenacity to do something is the same type of energy you should put into pretty much anything that you really believe in. So, yeah, I, I th- you know, obviously that we don't have a life or death situation, but right. even for us, like you got off of work pretty late last night. Yeah, I had to um, do the video for the podcast last night to export it so I can upload it to YouTube to to get it out today. Right, and I was up pretty late, so it's just like, and I woke up this morning to work out and stuff. So it's just like you have to yeah. almost, um, you know, be willing to do, you know, or willing to pursue your, your dream under any sort of circumstances. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to do it. You, you just the, the thing about the people here, and I'm not trying to compare our us to anyone else, but I just don't know of anyone of our peers or just people out in the world on average that outwork me and Keith. We're going to show up every week for a podcast. Mm-hmm. Every week. If we don't show up, something's wrong. 
I don't you know. <laughs> yeah. Even through COVID. Even through COVID, the whole mm-hmm. COVID shit. You know how many podcasts just stopped making podcasts or they went uh they went straight um online where they did like the Skype shit. Mm-hmm. And the Skype shit kind of took away the the vibe mm-hmm. because people are they were doing it via, like via Skype and the conversations were really kind of terrible. Yeah. I think the there was only a couple that they they semi worked out, right, um, right. but that it, that would take like years and years of chemistry, yeah, and also only maybe a couple of guests. When it yes. starts to get into like four and five people on a on a podcast, then it, it starts to break down because on Zoom it just it just doesn't work. You you can't really feel that rhythm of the people in the room, right? So. Shout out to Brilliant Idiots Podcast. They did a great job with it, but they have been together already like four or five years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you've built that that uh, that cohesiveness amongst two people having these conversations, <clears throat> then you guys could go. If me and Keith had to do a Skype, I've known Keith over 20 years. So, you know, we could pull it off. I know when he's going to talk, if he's mm-hmm. going to elaborate, if he has a convers- like if he has an idea, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to let me ramble for a while until I, <laughs> until I stop. Like, he, we know... How that goes, but mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. All right, let's get right into it, man. Um, the producer Zaytoven. I don't know how many people are familiar with Zaytoven, but Zaytoven is a hip hop hip hop producer. Um, he's made a lot of really really cool beats. He's done a lot of work with Future and uh, Gucci Man. Gucci Man, a lot, pretty much everybody in Atlanta. Yeah, a lot, a long list of artists he's done work with. But the prequel to his career was. Um, he was making making beats in his dad's basement, and his dad was a very militant guy. He was like a military guy, and um, he told his son, he said, hey, look, um, I don't want you down here. This ain't what it is. I'm not going to have you here making beats in my basement. I will throw your equipment out the fucking window, right? But soon after that happened, Zaytoven made a beat in his most famous song at the time. It was called So Icy. He had produced... Uh, produce a, a track called So Icy. And he That's got- Gucci Mane song. Gucci Mane. Mm-hmm. And he made $25,000 mm-hmm. cash money. He came home and gave his mom $5,000. He gave his dad $5,000. And he said by the next week, his dad was bringing snacks down to the basement. <laughs> so it's fucked up that it, like, for a lot of parents, a lot of parents are dream killers and you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sad that it had to take a monetary gain in order for you to, you know, support your child. And I think it's fucked up. And there's too many of us, you know, because me and Keith don't have kids. But if I have a kid and they get older and they really have a passion for something, I want them to fail. Not in a bad way, but I want them to try as hard as they can and fail and say, all right, son. All right, daughter. What what is it something that you really want to do? Because I'm not going to push a job on my kids. Mm -hmm. I'm not. Obviously, you want to be employed to make money, but if you have a passion such as, uh, you know, uh, photography, or if you have a, uh, you know, podcasting or coaching, whatever it is, I'm going to support you in that because if it makes you happy, I want you to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and the unfortunate thing about a lot of parents, your dream killers, because you, you'll see your kid being a producer making beats for people, and you'll say, "You need to get a real job. What's mm-hmm. a real job?" What's a real job? You mean a job where you work, a job where you're unsatisfied for 40-something years and you retire unfulfilled because you never tried to, you know, venture out and do things that you really love? 
and now you're this old motherfucker. You're older than Joe Biden, and you have no purpose, and now you're just going to die? <laughs> when you retire, that's basically saying, all right, you're going to die now. That's what retirement is for most people in America. Yeah. It's fucked up, man. That's that's the thing. I I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think that it's um, it really comes down to ignorance, right? Right. I think that there is a generation of people out there, like you know, our parents' age, um, that don't know much about making it. Right. They, the, the only thing that the only thing they know is um, filling out job applications, staying at a job for thirty, forty yeah. years, and then you know potentially retiring. That's the only way you know, they know success, you know, maybe, maybe purchasing a home later in life or something along those lines, right? They don't necessarily understand, especially in the Central Valley, there's not much uh, of things here by the, by the way of like entertainment. So, you know, most of the things that we see is oil field jobs or, you know, just regular, regular everyday jobs. But, you know, when you're, when you're a person and you're trying to pursue this unlikely career, right? um, most Parents can't even fathom that. No, you can't comprehend I mean? it. Um, but you always say it's like a, a, a person will shoot your dream down, and then they'll pop in Dr. Dre's CD. There you go. Or you know they'll pop in a, a Ice Cube or whatever the case may be. But it's like I, I, at one point these were like regular people. Yes. You know what's funny about people is they will if you tell them you want to be a comedian, they'll be like, oh, oh, and they'll go right out and buy a ticket to see Andrew Schultz. Mm-hmm. Andrew Schultz started out the same way as everybody else. He started out with doubters. He started out with haters. He started out with non-believers. Everybody did. Chris Rock, all these people. They like Kevin Hart has a lot of stories of him being dead broke and you know him struggling and all these things and a lot of people not believing in him. So it goes on and on. It's like in order to make it in a field that you're that that's very unlikely you have to break through a wall mm-hmm. and you have to break through a wall of mainly people mm-hmm. and a lot of them your family and believe it or not i'm just going to tell you guys straight up if you want to be a podcaster or a comedian or you want to be whatever you want to be something very unlikely i'm just tell you right now your family does not believe in you mm-hmm. they may say oh that's great oh i'm glad you're trying that but behind your back they're like he needs to get a job mm-hmm. they don't believe in you you got to break through that wall, and that wall is your own parents. That wall is your own friends in some cases. So it's like, dog, the reason why I don't really care too much about anybody's opinion is because I care about the person sitting next to me, Keith. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that's on the journey with me. So mm-hmm. I, I, don't take, I don't take into account what other people are trying to say or, oh, these are just two regular guys doing a podcast. Oh, that's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can't put limits on my life, Okay. You can't put restrictions on where I'm going to go because I know where the fuck I'm going. I'm going straight to the top. Mm-hmm. You know, I've already made that proclamation. So I'm not taking a step back. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just really weird. And I'll say this too. These jobs don't love you. None of, none of these jobs love you. I don't give a fuck where you work. I'm just being honest. You know, some people, it's some jobs that do. But back in, in our, like, our parents and before them, like our grandparents' time, you know, they retired, they got a nice gold watch, and I worked for the I worked for UPS for this many years. I worked here and I retired and, mm-hmm. and you know they I got retirement now. These jobs will replace your ass so quick. Or the robot. 
they'll replace you with a robot. They'll <laughs> replace you with someone less skilled in order to pay them less money because they know they can't give you any more raises. Mm-hmm. Right? If you've been working at a place for 20 some years, they're not going to keep giving you raises. Yeah. The shit you got paid 20 years ago, you probably barely getting paid more now because that company has decided you're maxed out. So in their eyes, you don't have any more potential. Regardless of how good you've done at that job, they gonna, they're going to find somebody else. They're going to look for any time you came in late and whatever to fire your ass. I know, I know people that worked their <clears throat> jobs for 15, 20 years and ended up getting fired. My girl's mom, she was telling me there was uh, somebody um, at her job that had... Uh, I don't know if they quit, but they got another job or something like that. They mm-hmm. put in their little two-week notice, and then she ended up getting. <clears throat> I think, she, excuse me, she, I think she ended up getting let go a little bit early. But she was saying that they posted the new job on. I don't know what what's those little Indeed and shit. Yeah, like Indeed or something like that. And the starting salary that they were uh, advertising out there was higher than what she had been getting paid. Her my girl's mom. Have been getting paid, and she's been there for some years now. Wow! But see, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. These like dog, you got to understand. At, there's a hierarchy mm-hmm. at any job. There's the top of the company, and the top of the company is going to do whatever they want to do in order to benefit them. Mm-hmm. See, here's the thing: you could work for a place for 35 mm-hmm. years. They could have treated you great. Right? They could have treated you great. You retired. They gave you a nice gold watch. You got retirement, but you don't own one percent of the company. Mm-hmm. You own nothing. So the difference is, is when you're trying to be a content creator or a comedian or whatever it is, you own that content. That's mm-hmm. the difference. So what people don't get, like a guy like Zaytoven, who was young, made that song, made $25,000, gave his mom and dad $5,000 a piece. He's making content that he owns. Like if you work in a job, you don't own shit. <laughs> yeah, not That's, even a uniform. Sometimes they make you turn a uniform. You got to turn in. your uniform back in, <laughs> and you got twenty years of ball sweat in those fucking pants. And now they're gonna wash those pants and give them to the next person. I think when I got fired from Aaron's, I think I had to return my shirts. That's crazy. I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah, because all they're gonna, they're gonna take those shirts back. They're gonna peel your name off and put a, a new person's name. But when they fire that motherfucker, they're gonna yeah, peel his the name same off. Thing, yeah. I, th- I think the one thing that I would say is that we have to believe in ourselves more than anything. Yeah. And I think that's what Zaytoven did. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, we can start to believe all the, the naysayers out there. So if Zaytoven's in there making beats um, and his dad come down and down to the basement, he's like, yo, that, that beat is trash. You need, you need to go apply at McDonald's or something like that. And mm-hmm. he believed that. Like, imagine how much good music we would miss out on. Or yeah. the, just the whole culture of Atlanta and how, you know, how um, they grew to be, you know, one of the biggest cities as far as hip hop music goes. So, I think it's I think um, the best thing we can do for ourselves, and it's not the easiest thing to do. Sometimes when you hear something so many times, you start to believe it. But you know, for for anybody out there that seems to be running into some sort of doubt or some sort of naysayers out there, we gotta. Um, just form ways where we can, you know, give ourselves positive talks. Like, yes, I guess right. I know I'm going to be successful. I know I'm going to be successful. The the one thing that I will say though is like when it comes to like the whole dream killing thing as far as like Zaytoven's parents and parents like that, um the only thing that I lean on as far as like if a person is going to be successful or not is the work. So, if you're a person that is like, oh, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a producer. I'm gonna make beats, or I'm gonna be a singer. I'm gonna be whatever. Right. And you just kind of like 
you know, have doing it. Like you, you make a beat every once, every couple weeks or yeah, something you, like you, that. You're not passionate yeah, about it. Yeah, or you, you know, if you, you say you want to be a YouTuber or whatever. Yeah. And you, you do reviews or you do like, you know, um, whatever type of like shoe blog, uh, shoe vlogs or whatever the case may do may, may be, and you're doing one every month, it's just like, nah, like you, you need to go get a job. You need to get a job. Yeah. Because you don't have any passion towards what you say you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Because when you, when, here's the thing, when you're passionate about somebody, passionate about something, excuse me, people don't have to force you to do it or coerce you into doing something. You just do it. Mm-hmm. I woke up this morning with a podcast on my mind, nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like, everything else takes a back seat. Mm-hmm. I might be a little bit late to work today. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not worried about that. Like, I'm, I'm going to show up to work, but I'm also going to do something that I'm extremely passionate about, yeah. that I see myself doing long term. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to prioritize the things that are going on. Somebody shouldn't have to force you to do it. There was this, uh, J. Cole just released a freestyle over um, Drake's Pipe Down beat, mm-hmm. and... Um, I wish I don't know the exact words, but basically he was talking about how he was he was on vacation and he was writing this song, the the freestyle that he did, mm-hmm. and uh, he was basically saying like his passion is like driving him to, you know, not be able to relax when he should be relaxing. You know what I mean? And I'd be mm-hmm. feeling like the same way sometimes. Like, you know, we we and even even with us, like if we go out to a short show or we go to a, a concert or something like that, it's always like your mind is still focused on content. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just it's just what happens when when you were when um, you know they always say like everybody is great at something. You just kind of got to find what it is, right? Right, right. And I think that when you do when you do find that um, and you are pursuing that. Your, your brain don't turn off. Uh-huh. Like me personally, I go to sleep listening to some type of informative thing. Right. Like I, I try, like any like dead moment that I have, whether I'm driving or something, I'll turn on a YouTube video right. of people something. You know, talking about the news or somebody talking about um, the b- business or marketing or something like that. And it's, it's always like, for me, it's just, it's just nonstop. And, you know, sometimes it could, you know, it may like ruin certain relationships and stuff and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like I am more passionate about some of these things versus having conversations with such and such at any given moment. So that's just that's just the way it is. And I think right. that that's the and I'm not there yet. So this is all like a a case study in a sense. But um, I think that's what it takes, you know? Yeah, 100%. I think the reason why me and Keith can, like when we go on these outings, whether it's a concert or Andrew Schultz or the family event, the reason why we get we can give such a vivid account of what we've witnessed is based on the fact that we've been processing content from the time we walked into the building, mm-hmm. what, whatever it is, all the way like the, the Childish Gambino uh, we went to that concert, like from the very beginning of the concert to the end, we gave an account and we didn't leave a whole bunch of holes in it. Like yeah. we paid a shitload of money for parking. Then we paid a shitload of money for, for tacos <laughs> that were under underwhelming tacos. It was a liberal taco. Oh, yeah, it was a very liberal taco. <laughs> Might as well have been vegan. Might as well have been a fucking vegan taco. <laughs> then, you know, we talked about the kid that was, you know, said we were stealing seats when we weren't stealing seats. Yeah. You yeah. know, then we enjoyed the concert and 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 the the the, the openers. Ray Shrimmer, Ray Shrimmer the opening and all of this. Like yeah. we could give a very vivid account because based on the fact that we're passionate about how we deliver the message to the people listening to the content. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Um, but it, it just takes a certain amount of investment from your, not only from you and your co-hosts, but just into the people. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to be blabbing too much. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just thought that this Zaytoven uh, TikTok that I seen was something to mention because there's going to be a lot of people that don't believe in you, and that includes your mom and dad. Let me let me be very clear. For any of those that that create the content, if you told your parents about this, they don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. They don't. On average, mm-hmm. I would say out of ten parents, one of them give a fuck. If you have 10 sets of parents, maybe one actually believes in their kid. The rest of them, they're kind of like, that's really unrealistic. I I think also, um, like, first of all, that's our goal, right? We're supposed Mm -hmm. to to make people believers. So if you're Mm -hmm. that type of person, like I said, that's doing one YouTube video every three months or something Mm -hmm. like that, and you consider yourself a YouTuber, you're not a YouTuber. So, like, your parent isn't supposed to believe in you. Right. But um, at the same time, like... It's also okay to support your dreams from five to nine. Right. You know what I mean? So a lot of people, a lot of people out there, they be acting like, oh, I, I can't, I can't work at the fast food restaurant and also be a musician. Or I can't, um, you know, maybe if you're a teacher or whatever, right. you, you want to pursue acting or something like that. Like you can do, you can still make money and, and pursue your, your dreams at the same time. Because also you're going to need some money to to pursue your dreams like yeah. Eddie and I you know we find ways to you know put our money together to make this podcast work but if we was just dudes that was just like man I'm I'm gonna thug it out like I'm gonna just if this podcast don't work that's that's just it for me it's like no like no. you can you can make some change yeah. or, you know if you can pay minimum wage or you delivering uh, packages or whatever the case may be and then you get off of work and then you hit the studio you get off of work and you make your YouTube videos or you get off of work and you know you you go to LA and work on music videos or whatever the case may be. Like it's 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 ways of doing it that even looks better. Like you, especially if you have like super conservative parents and they like, you know, like um, they don't necessarily believe in entertainment as a career. It's like yo, do what they want you to do. You know, during the day or you know part time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when as soon as you get off, just. You know, just go in until you fall asleep, and then do up and do it, and do that. Get up and do that every single day, and then something is gonna happen for you. you like really, I, I'm sorry. There was a guy. Uh, shout out to Jay Million. He um he he's a young dude too. He's like 19 years old, but um he signed with uh, Blast and, and his team, and he talked about um you know how how he you know grew up in a church and you know playing playing music and instruments and stuff like that but when you when you see him work like we shot a music video for him and he's just like he's just so passionate about music it's not, he's not even trying like you know yeah. he's, in, he's in the studio they was uh we were shooting a music video with people in the studio over there they making beats the whole nine and um the way he got in touch with Blast was he just kept sending him music and kept sending it. It's like every, almost every day. Like, you know, he'll put a, uh, he'll remix one of his songs. He'll shoot it to his DM and all this kind of stuff. And then eventually Blast hit him back. And then now he's on tour with Blast, you know, opening up for him and stuff but like that. But I, I don't, I don't think that's why Blast noticed it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's because Blast eventually clicked on a link and that guy was talented. And the, all that work that he put in prior to <laughs> yeah. that song getting there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. The tactic that I had was comparable to that guy. Because for many, many weeks when we did this podcast, I would send a link to people. I would just send them a link. I wouldn't say, hey, listen to this or, hey, share this. I, I sent this. I send people links. I used to send people links with no directions. 
Mm-hmm. I would send it to them because me sending them the the link to the podcast was was soliciting it enough. Yeah, I don't want to be like I don't want to tell people. First of all, folks, content creators, stop telling people what to do with their content. With your content. Hey, share this with a friend. No, I'm not telling you anything. I don't want to try to coerce you into liking me. I want to send you the content. If you listen, cool. If you don't, don't. And from that point forward, you can have this organic introduction to the content. And by the time you listen, I don't give a fuck if I sent you 50 links and you never listen. I know that that one time you click, I got you now. Because I know the content's good enough for you to enjoy it. And now you're going to go back and listen to all the other episodes because now you know we got good content out here. Yeah, I'm just going to come out and say it because you came to this platform, so I'm going to say it. I am tired of content creators sending you shit and telling you what to do with it. Stop doing that. Stop and stop tagging 95 other people with your content. <laughs> that stop. Facebook tags, that'd be trash. Stop the face because I will immediately untag myself. Yeah. You, that's that's also not how virality works. Right. That's a word. You know what I mean? Like when when it comes like for me, I'm not a super social media guy. Yeah. Um, but when I do post content, it's pretty engaging. Yeah. You know what I mean? So people are people are if you're good at what you do, people are already gonna be on the lookout for it. So you don't have to, you know, post um a picture and send it to people like, hey, like this or like that. It's like that's also, that's garnering you a few more likes or whatever the case may right. be. But people be on Instagram all day. When they scroll through it, they gonna see your video and they gonna like it or they not right. gonna like it. it. That you know, you excuse me, sending it to somebody's inbox is not doing that much more than right. what it would do on its own. Right. It's just I, I kind of I kind of um, compare it to like how you deal with women. You can't coerce a woman into liking you. Mm-hmm. Just let her like you. Like just be be present. Be cool and shit and let her like you. It's an organic exchange, mm-hmm. right? Versus it's the same thing as with content creators. Like, don't force this shit on me. Let me like let me find your shit and let me like it that way. That's like, like a uh what I would call like an immature version of marketing. Right. Very. Mm-hmm. It's very antiquated too. Mm-hmm. This may that that may have been cool in 2009 mm-hmm. to tag a bunch of people. But that shit's outdated. People are tired of being bothered. I don't want to see all your updates. I will immediately untag myself from your shit. Yeah. And I yeah, also, I if I like it, I'm going to just like it. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. I also don't want to feel pressured into just sharing something because I know you. Because Yeah, because I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Now, um, I went, uh, shout out to Crafty Bernardo. Um, I had him on social media, seen he was an artist, went, checked his shit out. I was like, oh, I like this song. Oh, this song is dope. This is dope too, and I just shared it. Mm-hmm. He didn't be like, "Hey man, share my shit now." Yeah, like I just went and seen it and I liked it and I yeah. shared it. Yeah. Now yeah. if I if I go through some of the songs and I don't like some of them, I'm not gonna share it. Mm-hmm. I'm, but if I like some, I'm gonna click it. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Crafty man. Yeah. Um, but it's it's other artists. You know, we had uh, who we have on here, Ness Julius. Ness, yeah, I'll, Ness I'll, is dope. I like it and I'll share his song or I'll let him like, "Hey, I really like that," mm-hmm. and I'm only telling you that because I really like it. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of these people in your comments leaving flame emojis when your shit ain't fire. <laughs> I got to stop with the flame stop emojis. Stop with the flame emojis. If your shit ain't fire, I'm not leaving a flame emoji. I ain't going to front. I heard somebody like, I don't want to say who it was, but I heard somebody, somebody dropped a project. It came out and two other people was talking about the project. And it right. was like... I was like, yo, the, the project is kind of mid, like, you know, it's kind of the same song over and over. 
fast forward two hours later, I'm looking on Instagram and it's flaming. Oh, all I'm like, oh, you don't need that. That's not real support. It, it it also, it it doesn't say anything. Like, you know, when people really are consuming, con- like, for instance, uh, I was talking about the J. Cole thing, right? He, he dropped a little freestyle last night and a bunch of people, like Drake posted it, um, Timbaland posted it, a mm-hmm. um, couple other people. And I was like, man, this is dope. And me as a fan of J. Cole, I, I like to see like people appreciate what you also like. So I was just looking through it. I was like, oh, this is dope. That is getting like a lot of attention, right? So... I think I clicked on Drake's comments or something like that, and I was scrolling through it, and then I seen Fabulous name. I think his name is like My Fabulous Life or something like that, his mm-hmm. Instagram name. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, he was saying like, yo, like the multi-syllable rhymes was dope, but that's a that means you really consume the it, right, content. It's right. not just like, yo, this is fire, this is fire. Yeah. Like you really have something to say about the mm-hmm. content versus like just some flame emojis. Exactly. And that's how you know like it's is a some inauthenticity to it. You know what oh, I mean? A lot of like it. if you if you if you're engaging with the content, you would have something to say about it. Oh, that beat is fire. Who made that beat? Or oh that like, you know, the way you hit that note at the end or you know that pocket is crazy. That kind of thing. Yeah, versus, we gotta stop like, that. Emojis. Stop giving microwavable um uh reactions you yeah. know like let it let it cook in the oven for a while before you actually <laughs> yeah give it you know because the thing about it is it's, it's like it's kind of a, a a raggedy analogy but when you microwave things they're done in two minutes you put them in the oven you're taking more time to cook a real meal yeah so it, when you when you say like hey I, I like your guys podcast when you talked about this i was dying that's when i'm like this guy's listening yeah, shout out to Brent, man. Every time I see Brent, he'll he'll like he'll bring up a topic. Like, oh, I love when you said this, or when Eddie said this. Oh, I knew who you was talking about when you said that. Yeah, yeah. Versus like, you know, just that that kind of fake. Like, yeah. hey, our podcast is doing cool. Yeah, we appre- first of all, we appreciate all the you know the comments we get. The fact that you recognize that we exist on planet Earth, great. Yes, yeah, right. Good. It's cool. But you know, at the same time, we are also aware of the inauthentic. You know, reactions people will give you just to feel like they're like they're in your good graces. It's like you don't need to you don't even need to tell me about the podcast. It's fine. Yeah, if you it, don't listen, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not gonna be mad at you. You don't have to bring it up whenever you know just because you see me. It's okay because over the past couple of years we've had over sixty thousand other people listen. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying we don't need you to give fake a fake fucking uh, reaction to stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. So the thing about it, man. Um, yeah, you know, I I don't got a whole lot else to say in regards mm-hmm. to this topic. Um but yeah, man. Uh let's move on. All right. Switching gears. Burger King. Uh recently Burger King came out with what they call the Keep It Real Meals, right? And part of the Keep It Real Meals is a couple celebrities. Um let me see if I can find their names. One of them is Nelly being one of the like headliners, I guess. And his real name is Cornell. What the hell is his last name? Haynes. Cornell Haynes, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> okay, Cornell Haynes. So when you pull up through the drive-through, it's called the Cornell Haynes Mill. It's not called the Nelly Mill, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't get. the The problem I have with this is the fact that Burger King is just lazy, and their PR team has no idea of how to leverage. The culture, meaning mm-hmm. like hip hop culture, because McDonald's was McDonald's started off with Travis Scott with these signature meals. Right. Travis Scott had a whole line of clothes he released. 
the, the what they call it the the the, the cactus jack mm-hmm. and he had a and it was all sold out it was expensive too mm-hmm. McDonald's shirts and all of that I wonder how much shows is going for on eBay right now. I wonder, yeah, because that, that's probably a li- that's limited too. That's going to be like the Sas- the Saskatchewan sauce. Mm-hmm. Probably in the next twenty years, that's just going to be worth fuck like eight hundred dollars for one t shirt. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably more than that now. Mm-hmm. Probably be worth a couple thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the deal: after they went from Travis Scott, they went to like Jay Balvin. I think they also had Bad Bunny also. Mm-hmm. Right, and then they had Sweetie, the Sweetie Meal. What they, what the good thing that they've done at McDonald's is whoever's a part of their PR team, they under, they understand the culture, meaning they know who's relevant. Because mm-hmm. honestly, Sweetie ain't no just super huge big time star, but they're leveraging her, they're they're leveraging her current like her current status, mm-hmm. like they're 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 doing things that are concurrently that are concurrent with the culture. Yeah. So they got Saweetie. Now, if you try to get Saweetie five years from now, nobody's gonna really care. <laughs> no, no, no disrespect to Saweetie, but I don't know. <laughs> I, don't people, I don't know if anybody's gonna care about her in five years. But anyways, uh, <laughs> so I think McDonald's, McDonald's, and what sucks though, where McDonald's fucked up is they didn't personalize the meals very good after Travis Scott. Mm-hmm. All they do is they just add the same food. They don't really personalize it. Yeah, the Saweetie meal is a Big Mac this with is some a chicken b- nuggets. Big Mac with four nuggets and fries. The only thing they did is they have uh, sweet and sour sauce, but they call Saweetie. it Saweetie sauce. Mm-hmm. So all they paid for was a little piece of paper mm-hmm. that says Saweetie sauce, and they they put out the same product. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. They didn't add anything extra. So McDonald's didn't hardly spend any money. The only money they spent was really paying the artists and maybe a little extra marketing. The thing on the the paint on the bag and the, the top of the, the sweet and sour sauce, yeah, that's pretty much they, it. They they did a great job of hardly spending that much money and leveraging this massive audience. Mm-hmm. Now this is where Burger King fucked up. They must have some, and it's no no slight to white people, but it must be some older white guy that's like fifty three years old that's a part of their PR team that thought Nelly was hot. Nelly has not been relevant in over ten years. Yeah, it's, I'm not saying Nelly sucks, but he's not relevant. He's not making relevant music anymore. Mm-hmm. So you went and got Nelly, and then you changed the name to Cornell Haynes, dude. That he, dude, Cornell Haynes sounds like a 75 year old black man. <laughs> you don't go through a drive through saying, "Let me get that Cornell Haynes." <laughs> <laughs> we, the thing about that too is we we some people have uh, kind of. Um, let us know their government name, you know, like a yeah. Curtis Jackson. That was a pun right there, huh? Let us, let yeah, <laughs> let us know. It just, it just, you know, what I'm saying yeah. his brain is crazy. <laughs> but uh, it's like Curtis Jackson, um, O'Shea Jackson, yeah, Andre Young, yeah, uh, Marshall Mathers. These are people who we hear their government names, but we also know who they, their, yeah. you know, their artist name is. But Cornell Haynes, I, I have heard that before because he's acted and stuff like that. But other than that. I don't. I didn't. If I just seen that on on a like a billboard or something, and it wasn't Nelly's face next to it, I wouldn't have no idea who that who that is. So, and yeah. the fucked up thing about it is very stereotypical. It's a very stereotypical name of the meal. Keep it real, meals. Yeah, it hasn't. It's, it's not branded. You know, no. it has no connection to you. No, but when you think of the word "keep it real," you more or less think of like the culture, like black culture, mm-hmm. right? So you're trying to sell. Cornell Haynes burgers 
and also call it the Keep It Real meal. Yeah. That's just not... Cornell like, Haynes burgers sound like it would go right next to Uncle Ben's. <laughs> <laughs> it go next to Uncle Tom's. <laughs> yeah, I think we. I think as a black people, we have to do, and not even a black people, just in general, right. we have to do a better job of finding partnerships that make sense. Right. This doesn't you make know? sense. Like I, I think about um, when Gambino did the Adidas ad, where his shoes were basically like meant to get dirty. You know, and he had the ad come out and it was dropping food on the shoes and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, that's that's him, though. He yeah. looked like slightly homeless. So, yeah, you does. know, um, and but there's some other things that come out where dudes that athletes will come out with a with a McDonald's meal. It's like, y'all not eating McDonald's. Like maybe Chad Johnson, because we see it in full effect. But, you know, a lot of these athletes out here, they not they not consuming that. They probably have uh, chefs and stuff where they got their they calories and their macros and all that counted on a daily basis. Um, but you even see like certain certain artists, they might get like a like a Sprite ad or something like that. And it's like, dog, I know you're not really drinking this. So right. it's just like, I, I, I think that we, you know, and even, you know, I'm speaking out or, you know, maybe projecting for myself, like, you know, just being mindful that, you know, there may be some partnerships that come along. And even like with Rick Ross, you know, with, with his, uh, with his Wingstop stuff. Oh yeah. And he was talking about how he turned down a, a cigarette deal that was going to be worth like seven, eight figures or something like that. But he turned it down because he was like, dog, I don't even smoke cigarettes. Why would I even, I don't even want But he does smoking. eat chicken wings. He does eat chicken many wings. Many of many chicken yes. wings. Yes. So, but yeah, I just think we got to, we got to do better. Yeah, definitely. You, you have to start getting sponsorships that make sense. Like, um, the thing about it here is we don't want to be hypocrites because I'm sure me and Keith will have ads within, within, you know, the, uh, a, a future sense. Um, so Top 3% podcast. Yeah, man, we getting up there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to explain that or not. No, we just, we can talk about it later. Yeah, talk about it later. Um, Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, like getting like a beard oil sponsor or something. Me yeah, and that'd Keith, be fire. Me and Keith both have beards, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case. You just want to do things that are more authentic to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be on here promoting tobacco products. I would, yeah. have to, I would have to turn it down. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. It don't make sense for me and Keith. Mm-hmm. We don't smoke. So you guys are going to know like, oh, Keith and Eddie just trying to get the bag. Yeah. I'm sure you would probably still respect us, though. You wouldn't be like, oh, I'm not listening to that podcast no more. But it would kind of alter how you know you view us because it would be like, okay, you know. Because it's yeah. all kind of different companies like My Blue and all these other companies that have these uh, little vapes and whatnot. I'm not promoting a vape. Mm-hmm. I don't use a vape. Mm-hmm. None of that. I just I can't. That's do the it. interesting thing too that I see with some podcasts is it seems like they're regurgitating the same ads. Oh, a lot because like them this, ads is paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this ad is on this podcast. This ad is on this. Oh yeah. Podcast. So it's just like zip recruiters on a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Freshly, I think is on a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, Hello Fresh. That's yeah. that's on a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, there's a ton of different. Ads that are on these podcasts. Hey, I had um, this is a tangent. I had reached out to Barstool because I was thinking about like promoting my my uh, app on mm-hmm. like one of their podcasts. Yeah, but um, they never got back to me. So, uh, well, of course not. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, they will once once they see that you're attached to a podcast that starts that's becoming more and more successful. Mm-hmm. Then it might be like, hey, who's this guy? And it's like, uh, no, yeah, it's too you, late. Then you can't afford me now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's to the point to where me and Keith, 
We stay doing this independent thing. We get the ads we want. Like, we don't need to become a part of a platform. We could just do it the way we do it, mm-hmm. you know? Cause yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the interesting thing that I've been kind of thinking about more so recently. It's like, what is the benefit of going that route? Like connecting with some of these bigger yeah platforms. The only benefit is having them be an affiliate and using their name. But truth be told, what I don't like, what I don't like about a lot of these platforms, and it's no slight to Barstool or Spotify or anybody, they're just leveraging the celebrity of some people instead of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So they will get a celebrity to start a podcast, and the conversation is fucked. Oh, yeah, trash. The conversations are fucked. They don't know how to talk. They don't know how to communicate. It's bland. It's very... Because I'm not going to... like. I'm not, I don't want to shit on... We talked about a podcast we heard yesterday, and we don't like to shit on people's content, mm-hmm. but it just was not great at all. And I'm sure that this guy got a decent Spotify deal. The sa- <laughs> you gave it away there. But <laughs> the same guys that are putting these flame emojis under artists' music videos and whatnot need to go under these podcasts and put some garbage emojis under there. Yeah. Yeah, use your emojis properly. Yeah, because honestly, dude, we're in a, we're in a, very, um, a very different space where people will stay locked into the content because we're saying something that either resonates or it engages them. What I've learned about conversation is you don't have to talk about things that everyone can relate to. However, well, somebody's making noise out there. They're knocking on the door. Really? What the fuck do they want now? Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord. What's going on? We should have put a sign out there. Yeah, you got to Oh, you got the mail? Oh, okay. That ain't us. That well, ain't mine. Yeah. It's your package. Um, we need to get a sign that says "Do uh, podcasting in session. Do not disturb." No, I don't do that. Why that? Because she. Um, that just it just draws attention. Yeah. Necessary attention. What if she walks in like, "Oh my God, what's going on in here? Are you guys selling drugs?" And then I didn't tell her that we were podcasting. Oh, yeah. so she might be like, "Well, I didn't say you could podcast in there." I don't get why that doesn't even make any logical sense. Yeah, I've been doing it a while. Yeah, when you walk in here though, it's an it's a decent looking setup. You got mm-hmm. it, it looks like everything's cool. Mm-hmm. I can see if you had a fucking whole rock band in here or some shit. Yeah, she didn't. Uh, that was like that was one of the things she said. She said uh, there was a guy that uh, had a music studio. Oh wow! Like on the second floor or something like that, and she just couldn't deal with it. So, but the, the music is loud though. It's very loud. And man. also, there's a way you could have a studio. Like if you had this type of building where it's like lawyers and all that, you, mm-hmm. you, there's a way you can do it. Like if you just had headphones and stuff like that. Oh yeah, you could get away with having a studio in here. Oh, but yeah, niggas yeah. just like to play loud music. Oh yeah, yeah, they rock it out. Yeah. Um. But to make a long story short, I just feel like a Burger King fell flat on their face. Mm-hmm. Um, with this Cornell Haynes burger. It's, this is not going to be, or the keep it real meals and the celebrities they got, man. It's like, I don't, nobody really knows who they are. Watch, I'm going to look it up. Uh, keep it real meals. They have like three celebrities. Mm-hmm. Keep it real meals. And I, they don't, I, I don't think, like you mentioned, you don't, I don't think they have the marketing money that McDonald's has. Yeah. McDonald's, they, I think out of all the companies in the world, they were spending the most on advertising. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. All right. It's, uh, it's Chase Hudson, the Chase Hudson Mill, the Cornell Haynes Mill, and Larissa Machado. Like these are people that are just not I relevant. I don't know who that is. Chase Hudson is some like nineteen year old like social media guy. Mm-hmm. 
who also acts. And then Cornell Haynes is Nelly, who is not relevant. And then Larissa Machado is not really relevant either. So it's like Burger King, you tried, but you failed. I don't, I don't get, I don't, it's, sometimes when people come out with shit, me and Keith just laugh. And it's not because we have the expertise or we're a PR team. But honestly, I think me and Keith would have did a better job for Burger King than these people did. Yeah, me and my uncle used to talk about that all the time. Like, it'd be, like, um, it was a couple years ago where Domino, they were filling up potholes but putting their, like, their logo in the potholes or something like that as part of their marketing um, plan. And he was just like, this is what y'all doing? Like, Where was this at? Just across America. I didn't see it in Bakersfield, but just Is the McDonald's emblem in the potholes? No, uh, Domino's. Oh, Domino's? Oh. Yeah, Domino's. They would go around and they would fill up potholes and then they would put the, the little logo right next to it or whatever. Which wow. is like, it's it's kind of cool, but it's just like, like these people with master's degrees and 20 years of experience. It's the best you experience. could do? Yes. Yeah, it sounds like somebody, like a, like a drunk uncle could come up with this shit. Yeah, exactly. It's basically them showing, what it is, it's them showing that they want your pizza to get to you safe mm-hmm. without your pizza being flat. So we're going to fill potholes. And it's like, dude, you're not paying that much money to fill these holes up for one. It's not costing you anything. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, don't. It's like this is just not. This is not relevant. Just make a better pizza. Yeah. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. we don't care about the potholes, man. Well, we do, but at the same time, it's like, yo, let the city fix this shit. Yeah. Just give me my goddamn mm-hmm. pizza. That's all I, I give a fuck about. I will say, like, as of recently, I have been more of a believer of um, marketing. Right. Like, I I used to think like. Yeah, why do they need to put their logo, or why do they need a billboard, or why do they need that? And I and I was thinking about it, and um, somebody was saying like, even in terms of like you know any sort of email marketing or whatever the case may be, even like if the person turns you down at at that moment, or you unsubscribe from an email list or whatever the case may be, when that person is in need of a certain service, that's still going to be the first thing that pops into their head because right. like you know that's like. That's uh, the first, the last person that advertised to them, or even like when you're hungry. I remember I was in the, I was recording something yesterday, and then some people came in with like some Subway sandwiches, and I was like, "Dang, Subway, dude, like sound pretty good right now." I didn't end up going, but I could see how like mm-hmm. you know seeing that, smelling that could make you be like you know. It, but if they had walked in and they just had sandwiches and there was no logo on the bag or anything, then there was no way for me to connect the dots of you know me going to wanting to go to Subway, so yeah, man. important, man. Yeah, the the, the, the the problem too is for any marketing strategy, I believe you have to have someone you're marketing to. Yeah, right. So I would I would assume that um, the name Keep It Real Meal and using Nelly as your number one meal, <laughs> the person that you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. I would say it's safe to say that you're marketing either to like the hip hop culture. Yeah, keep it real. Keep yeah. it real. Then you got Cornell Haynes, which is Nelly. So, what does that mean, though? Like, what does keeping it real have to do with food? I don't know. I have no idea. I just think that people have these weird, these weird statements that they that they they find synonymous with black people, like keep it real or street cred and shit mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, truth be told, black people we evolve from these statements. We like the shit that people talk about, like keep it real and all of this. A lot of times, like we have graduated from saying stuff over ten years mm-hmm. ago, and people still 
think yeah. that we are doing that Keep shit. It real. Like I don't I don't really yeah, we don't we don't abuse that that statement. Yeah. Yeah, but they 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 fell on their face. Um not only not only Burger King, but a lot of places you gotta do better. I understand you've been putting out a mediocre product. Like I'm not trying to shit on Little Caesars, but I kinda I gotta do it before we switch topics. <laughs> Little Caesars, you need to do better. <laughs> that that pizza crust there is it tastes like child abuse. It get that shit, change something. When I was a kid, Little Caesars was a was really good, actually. Really? Little Caesars had its own because back when I was a kid, pizza parlors were big deals. Every main every main pizza place had a pizza parlor. You Pe- go in and play games. Oh yeah. yeah, Pizza Hut had one. Little yeah. Caesars had one. These places had them, but now they they got rid of the pizza parlors, and now they just have the you know the hot and ready's, or you know you walk in there. But Little Caesars pizza, that crust is hard as a motherfucker. The cheese is just like nah. One. I um, just had a little Caesars the other day, and I, I promised myself, and I may forget that I promised myself this, but I promised myself that I wouldn't go there again because the uh, the sauce is so acidic. Yes, that, that I it it's like the after effects yeah, of burping it, it up. Yeah. It's just oh my god, it's disgusting. So yeah, hold me to that. You know, if you see me out in public eating little Caesars, yeah, it's very poor. It's mm-hmm. it's very it tastes very. Um, Little Caesars pizza tastes like if if a PPP uh, fraud PPP loan had a taste, it would be Little Caesars pizza. Yeah, yeah, you got they got to do better. That sauce is fucked up, man. And, yeah, and I would say that the, the I, I really don't even eat pizza like that anymore because I just realize how terrible it is for you. It's just mm-hmm. so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but last time I had um, Domino's, it was really good. Yeah, last time I'm I'm, a, I'm not gonna front. Last time I had Domino's, it was good too. That shit was. It was, uh, and I got like a. Uh, it was just cheese and vegetables on top, and I was like, "Yo, this is fire." Yeah. Um. One of the my favorite places. I never go there, but I Domino's I, is super salty though. Oh, do, yeah, they are super. Well, they all salty as fuck. Yeah. You know, Pizza Hut is good. I, I really like Pizza Hut's um the ravioli. You know, it's like it's like it's like the uh, the chicken pasta. Mm-hmm. That shit's good. Mm-hmm. Chicken pasta. I don't fuck with the wings over there though. They are soggy. They say soggy. Mm-hmm. They never. They just got a bunch of sauce all over them. Mm-hmm. It's like that same acidic. Like if you burp two days later, you still taste it. You still taste. Yeah, that's nasty. That's why I don't really fuck with Burger King like that. Cause you eat that burger and it's like flame flame broiled, and you like you burp and you taste it all day. Mm-hmm. I can't eat that, man. Yeah, you're having a barbecue in your stomach. Yeah, I got a whole fucking, uh, a whole cookout going on in my stomach. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, switching gears. Um, recently, there's been uh, back and forth with rapper Joyner Lucas and Karen Civil. And for those who don't know who Joyner Lucas is, he is a rapper. And Karen Civil. You know, sorry to cut huh? you off, but when they were on Clubhouse, this is, I'd be surprised at like how. Ignorant in terms of the definition, not being in a disrespectful way, like how ignorant some people are when it comes to certain people. Like there were people on the in the clubhouse conversation, like Wack One Hundred, who didn't even know who Joyner Lucas was. Really? Yeah, I'm like Joyner Lucas is like popping out here. Like he has a decent rap career, but go ahead. Yeah, 
Yeah, Karen Civil. Um, yeah, I, I'll just per definition. Karen, he's an American social media and digital media marketing strategist. She gained attention for creating uh, runningweezythankyou.com, a website where the rapper Lil Wayne published letters to his fans while he was in, incarcerated at Rikers Island. So she's basically an American uh, social media digital marketing strategist. Um, and she has power in the game um, in regards to elevating rappers or other uh, artists' careers based on her personal relationships with other people. Um, and recently, I'll read the article. Hold on one second. And here we are. All right. In the article, Joyner Lucas and Karen Civil's full clubhouse argument services. Uh, Joyner Lucas exploded on Karen Civil this weekend, accusing the social media and digital marketing strategist of taking advantage of him and scamming him out of $60,000, which he allegedly paid her to facilitate blog placements, opening performances, radio interviews, and more. Joyner accused Karen of using the money for other means, including setting up mixed shows and more things that he didn't need at the time. In addition to it, Joyner says that he was expecting a baby at the time and his 60000 expense was his last-ditch effort to make it in the industry. Um, the Massachusetts-bred rapper explained his side for about eight minutes during a loaded clubhouse conversation before Karen Civil jumped in and explained that she was in contact with Joyner's manager, whom he still works with, with countless times to explain what was happening with the money. Despite agreeing to speak to... In neutral tones with Karen, Joyner ended up getting heated at times, which makes sense given how desperate of a situation he was in, uh, in when he initially approached her. But the conversation escalated and turned into a yelling match. Um, if you ended up missing the ruckus over the weekend, the clubhouse conversation has been uploaded to YouTube and you can play it back. Blah 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 blah. Okay, all right. Um, here's the deal, man. Multiple things are true. Karen Civil has a name for helping a lot of artists such as, you know, Mac Miller and, you know, Nipsey Hussle. But multiple things are true about people. People are very multifaceted in ways, you know, and a lot of people have gotten away with a lot of shit. And she has if if you if she has that much power in, in music or, you know, to help people get on to where you pay her sixty thousand dollars, like who like. How do you know she didn't steal that? Mm -hmm. And and she has multiple people who have came out and said bad things about her besides Joyner Lucas. In addition to that, there's a dude named Jason Lee who runs a website called uh, what's it called again? Hollywood Unlocked. Hollywood Unlocked. Jason yeah, it's Lee. It's a radio show also. It's a radio show also. Mm -hmm. And he had posted something that that put her in a bad light. Karen Civil. Karen Civil uh, was supposed to pay some dude to hack into his account. And then take that post down, right? And what ended up happening is, is he found out about it, and I guess Karen Civil didn't pay the guy. Is that what it happened? Mm -hmm. She didn't pay the guy, the hacker. So the hacker came clean and said, Karen Civil had me do it. Mm -hmm. And then Karen Civil admitted that she had a hacker do it. Mm -hmm. So if if you are willing to go to these lengths, which in, which in a way, if she admitted that, she should be in trouble for that. Because yeah, yeah cuz there might be some legal ramifications. There might be some legal ramifications, mm -hmm. but if somebody's willing to pay somebody to go on a site and take something down and then you admit to it, what's stopping her from stealing $60,000? You know, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And you know, um there's some people that got out in front of it and said like, you know, Karen Silva's a good person or this and that and 
But I mean, you could be good and bad to people. Yeah, yeah. You, you, the the people that came out and said she's a good person can be telling the truth, and Jordan Lucas can also be telling the truth. A hundred percent. Because especially in those situations, especially with celebrities, you're going to treat each person different. As far as as far as the average celebrity, you know what I mean? Right. Like if you at dinner with Jay-Z and Beyonce, you're going to be on your best behavior and, you know, chopping it up all, you know, chummy chummy with them. But if an average fan comes up and be like, hey, can you sign my uh, poster? Can you sign my CD? You may shoo them off. All right. You know what I mean? So I think that that you can't, you can't um, try to like diminish what Joyner Lucas or Cameron uh, came out um, and, uh, and uh, Jesse Wu and a yeah. bunch of other people came out and said certain things. You can't diminish what these people are saying right. just because to you, uh, Karen Civil is a good person. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, there's, you got to realize too, and then a DJ Academics just recently said that Karen Civil stopped a lot of artists from looking like bad people out in the public. Mm-hmm. You know, she made them look like personable, you know, people mm-hmm. by not exposing the shit that they're really doing. But here's the problem. She's not doing that probably to look like a good person or make people look good. She's doing it because it's affecting her pockets. Mm-hmm. It's just like a sports agency, and you got two athletes that got DUIs, and you got this athlete that punched somebody in the club. You're going to do your best job to cover up what these athletes are doing so your agency doesn't look bad. Because what's going to happen is there's going to be an email chain, and it's going to say, hey, so-and-so, Eddie McGee's agency has three athletes that got DUIs and they can't control themselves. Don't go to that agency. In turn, that affects my money. Mm-hmm. So Even, even worse, uh, better example than that is some of these D1 football programs. Right. You know, they're covering up, you know, rape cases yeah. and domestic, you know, bar fights. And they got the best lawyers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot of your favorite athletes have... Had certain things covered up. Aaron Hernandez, yeah, uh, Jameis Winston, all have yeah. had these like crazy stories, you know, that happened to them in college and stuff that got covered up. Yeah, my thing is this though, like as the the problem the problem comes from the top. So at the very top of these these institutions, you know, let's say it's Texas, you know, the University of Texas, and you know your star player is has an accusation of him punching a woman in the face. You're going to do everything to keep that guy on the field because it gives you the best chance to win. Yeah. But the difference is, is if you have integrity and I find out my star running back is punching women in the face, you're off my fucking team. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's just me because I have integrity. But I feel like in a lot of positions, at a lot of higher positions, your, tech, your integrity a lot of times is negotiable. Also, and, and this is from personal experience just dealing with different coaches, that integrity only um, surfaces in terms of not the the athletes that aren't the greatest. Exactly. So for for and I've seen it like with guys on our team. Like if a guy wasn't necessarily a starter, or he may be on a frost off or JV, and he yeah. acting up in class and doing all these things, he out of there. Yeah. But the star athlete, and I I, I witnessed it myself. A certain athletes right. I was doing certain stuff. Yeah. I remember this this guy. I remember Philip Thomas was getting his hair braided at practice. Oh, my God. Like, he had a bummed ankle at the time, but he was sitting down in a chair getting his hair braided and just watching the plays. I'm like, yo, what's like, that's, that just the aesthetic doesn't look good. Especially, nah. like, the younger guys coming up. If we're supposed to be disciplined and practicing every day, you got somebody out here looking like uh, R. Kelly video out here on the field. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, first of all, like, like, the thing about it, like, as a head coach, 
what a lot of people don't realize are a lot of these coaches, they like winning more than they they value winning more than they value actually having integrity. Because mm-hmm. like you mentioned, some of the lower level guys, the guys that don't start, you're gonna be on their ass like white on rice. But mm-hmm. that guy, I know guys that miss multiple practices and still started. Mm-hmm. I know situations where guys um they didn't come to practice or they they just sat down with a hurt ankle and the other guy took all the reps. He took the all the hits week. the whole week. And when the game started, you started that person. Mm-hmm. If I'm a player and my coach does but, me like that. Sorry to cut mm-hmm. you off. But the coach will lead with this idea of like, if you don't practice, you don't play. Oh, yeah. And then come Friday, hey, suit up. Get in there. Get in there. Yeah. You're like, come on, dog. Bro, I don't care if we getting our ass whooped. I'm going to put the players that have invested into this team. Yeah, I'll be like, look, we win and lose as a team, and I mean that. Meaning that if our my number one quarterback can't keep his hands off people and he's fighting people, then he's either going to be off the team. Like you, ha- there's a code of conduct that starts at the top. What I would do is, I was, if I was a head coach, is I would send letters to every parent. I would tell them to come in, and I would just tell them very blunt: if your child does not come to practice. If your child is getting in trouble in school, I'm either kicking them off or putting them on the bench. Don't you come to my office trying to tell me about how your kids should start and they can't conduct themselves. I don't want to hear it from none of y'all. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So then when the season starts, my son should be on the field. What did I tell you at the beginning of the season? Yeah. We had this conversation, ma'am. You signed a contract. You signed this contract. Your mm-hmm. son's on the bench. I don't give a fuck if he's a five-star athlete. He will be sitting behind his five-foot-eight quarterback until he gets his ass, his head out of his ass. Mm-hmm. And most most programs don't have that type of integrity. Yeah. They're gonna put the you could be you could shoot five people and rob a bank and and, and they'll and you'll be out on bail and the coach will still start your ass just That's so he crazy. can win. That's just that's not okay. Yeah. But yeah, we, we've we veered off a little bit. <laughs> but but what I will say about this situation is it's a very nuanced conversation. I don't know Karen Civil personally, but to have all these negative things tied to you from these people that have real accounts and can prove that you did them dirty, and she is also um, seconding some of these ideas. Like, yeah. yeah, I did talk to you or such and such, but the story that she's telling is a, a better version of right. you know, whatever. Yeah, she's in the business of fucking you over and then finessing the whole story when it comes when it comes out. Yeah. The thing about it, dude, is is if she is fucking people over, which I believe she probably is, and for Jordan Lucas is rich. Let's be clear. Jordan Lucas could kiss he could he could Spit on sixty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. He's got a mansion. He's making a lot of fucking money. Yeah. But here's the thing: Jonah Lucas was emotionally hurt because he was about to have a kid. By the way, that wasn't his sixty thousand dollars. That was his investors' sixty thousand. The they, last sixty. 000. The last, because mm-hmm. he said we invested over half a million in you, man. This is it. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to push your career. Yeah. And he said he had a kid on the way and shit was getting tough. He even talked about doing features for people he didn't want to do features with just so he could feed his kid. I remember, I remember Jordan Lucas talking about it like I was doing features with artists that I didn't even like. Just to get the Just, just to, to get, get money. Bag. Dang. That's sad, man. And that sucks. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why he's so hurt. And he has the right to be hurt by this. Like if, if you, let's say for example... A Trucker's Mind podcast, an agent comes out, hey, me and like five of my buddies listen, we want to invest in what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. But in, 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 in during that meeting or that collaboration in some way, he took advantage of me and Keith 
in a way because even if we're cognizant of what we're signing, whatever, there could be small, like small little nuances that we don't catch. Yeah. And he's able to um, take advantage of us. If I see him 20 years down the line, I'm going to be, fuck you. Not like I hate you, but like I don't fuck with you, dude. You took advantage of me at the beginning of my career. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to be buddies with you? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. And, and if I do have a story to tell about you, it's not going to be a good one. It's going to be like, hey, I moved on. I'm successful. But that dude there, fuck him. Yeah. Don't and, ever do business with this clown. I'm going to let people know just like Joyner is. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that I was telling you, I think it's important. Like as far as like Karen Civil and she, you know, she's helped some of our favorite artists right. in, in so many ways. But I think it's important for Joyner Lucas um, and even Cameron and other people to come out and say these stories. And you know, the whole smear campaign, I don't necessarily like because you know it just, it just it's just distasteful right, in right. a sense. Um, but as far as the information that comes with it, I think that's important to get out there because it's a lot of up and coming artists that are very ignorant and you yeah. know they they are, they may have 20 they may you know they may be selling a little weed here and there or whatever and they may have 20,000 to their name and they they're willing to give it to such and such to get their song on the radio or they're willing to give it to somebody to to get their song on on a uh, on a Spotify playlist or whatever the case may be and that's the last money they got and they think because this person is helping other people that they, it's going to work out for them and sometimes and, you know, in the case of Karen Civil and, you know, some other people in this industry, um, they would just pocket that money and, and not necessarily do anything with it. Or they would say they do something with it and not really do that. So I just think it's important for the the uh, the the people that are coming after you to to hear these kind of stories, because even even for me, like there were situations where um, you would see like a. Uh, pay for certain uh, placements on, on playlists and stuff on Spotify. And, I, and there was one guy that he, he came on Clubhouse and he was giving this, this rah-rah speech like, yo, you know, if you do this as a, as a musician and you do this as a mus- musician to market yourself, you could do this and you'll be successful. Yeah, like, yo, uh, you know, go to my uh, Instagram page. I got a link in my bio and I'll, I'll put you on this. I'll get you this amount of spins and stuff. And I actually had paid for one of the services and then... Um, Weeks and weeks had gone by, and, and it's obviously it wasn't sixty thousand, but you know a similar thing happened as far as like Joyner Lucas. Like I, I I messaged the dude. I was I messaged him on Instagram. I'm like, hey, you know I haven't seen any results. I haven't got an email back about you know my song being placed yeah. on his playlist or anything like that. Like what's the deal? He didn't read the read the message. Um, and then I eventually had to go through PayPal because that's how that's how the payment was worked out. I had yeah. to go through PayPal. And say like, hey, like the service was never fulfilled, and PayPal has a, a good protection program, right? So right. you could you could go through those. Um, but eventually, I ended up getting my money back. But I'm just like, yo, if 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 um, if that situation was like Karen, like Karen Civil, you know, I would have had to wait till like so many years later to actually speak about the situation, and you know, there would have been six or seven years of people following the same trend or you know yeah. i'm sure there was people that even in that situation that came after me yeah. and paid him five hundred dollars eight hundred dollars or whatever thinking that they're gonna get a hundred thousand streams and when in reality that dude just pocketing that money and and acting like he doing something yeah with her it's like getting these artists to pay it's like the it's like miss miss it's like the art of misdirection like yeah you know, you you get me, I, I'll get you this, this and that. This is what I provide. And then it's so many people giving her money. Mm-hmm. 
It's so many people giving her money that she just devalues people. Like, you have to understand, when a person is willing to pay you money, that means they care enough about their career that they're willing to put some of their last money down. Yeah, I speak volumes about the person. Yeah, you don't know what they had to do to get that money. They either had an investor, or maybe they've saved money for the past six years, or maybe their girlfriend helped them pay for it, or maybe it was their parents, and you're just taking their fucking money and not giving them anything, and you think it's a joke. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that after he gave her the $60,000, she posted a tweet says, artists give you a little bit of money and think they should have 24 hours uh uh, access 24 hour access to you, to you. Mm-hmm. and he was like excuse me but if i give you sixty thousand fucking dollars i should have access to you so what am i paying you for two hours of access matter of fact no access like you don't lost your goddamn mind yeah he was saying she wasn't returning his calls That's crazy. and then she had popped up on vacation and she finally answered and she was like screaming on him like like he was bothering her and he was just saying like, yo, you're not even communicating with me what's going on. Like, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. He said, cause I, he didn't hear from her. Um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a sad situation, but you know, you, you, the people will show you where or how they value you. It's going to be, it's going to be very, apparent, they're going to show you, you know what I mean? And, and, and even in our personal relationships, you could see you may help somebody move that you know they may hit you up like dog you the only person i figured that could help me move or whatever like could you help me move tomorrow you may help a move do the whole get the whole crib moved down and truck you know unload everything and then when it comes time for them to do something for you that energy not is right. not reciprocated energy energy's not there mm-hmm. you know and it's just like for example for example let's say me and Keith are selling a bunch of merch the merch is going out. It's a bunch of stuff, but then we're taking a long time, and you're never receiving your merch, and we never say anything about it. And then you inbox us, and you say, hey, I haven't gotten my hats or my shirts yet, and we just ignore it. We just keep doing podcasts. We just keep taking your money. First of all, we're going to be in such a space where we're tracking everything, and if you haven't gotten it, not only will we mention it on the podcast, but we will mention it on social media. We will post about it. We will be like, hey, we're working on this. We'll give you a step-by-step of what's going on just mm-hmm. based on the fact that you cared enough to mm-hmm. invest your money into us. Mm-hmm. We feel like we, t- we need to respect your time and respect your investment in us. So when you don't get back to people, you're telling them, hey, I got your money. Fuck you. Just... Stay over there. I got your money. Fuck you. Like, don't ever take somebody's money without valuing them. Mm -hmm. If they took time to value your service, if you make hamburgers and 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 they've been coming there for years and you burn the burger up, you don't say, uh, maybe better next time. Yeah, it is what it is. What you do is say, hey, how much how much did you spend here when you bought? Okay. I'm going to give you all your money back, and I'm going to give you and your family free food. I'm sorry about the inconvenience. That's how you handle business. Mm Mm-hmm. If you handle it any other way, prepare to be unsuccessful or prepare for people to have a rebuttal to your fucked up business practices because they will. And when it happens, don't be surprised. And guess what that is? That is a business killer. You may be successful. You could play with everybody in the world, but you can't play with God. I don't want to get biblical. Mm-hmm. You could play with everybody in the world. You could lie on social media. You could put out this facade, but you can't play with God. God sees everything you're doing. When you're fucking people over, you're stealing from them, and you're lying to them. You could do it for 12 years. You could do it for 15 years, but your fall will be hard. And that fall is going to be so hard, you're going to be ending up flipping burgers. You're going to go from driving a Bentley to flipping burgers when you don't treat people the right way. 
Yeah, man. I th- I think too. Like we see it all the time. We see guys like Bill Cosby and um, uh, Harvey Weinstein and all right. these guys. Even though they eighty, seventy, some years old, like they still getting their um, you know that their rightful downfall in a sense. And and it's it, this, especially with the internet, like. Our voices are so much more powerful. Right. Um, you know, Joyner Lucas, he wouldn't have had the opportunity maybe, you know, when he first started or maybe 2008 or whatever, 2009, 2000, like before the internet was, is what it is now, he probably wouldn't have had a voice to actually express some of these things. Or he may have said saying. it and it just fell on deaf ears. But I think that um, in this in this situation, and I, I seen afterwards Joyner Lucas was going on a few more rants about his record label and, and stuff like that. But I think you know this um, might have been better served in a in a way where he can actually monetize it because I think um, you know getting on Clubhouse and Vinton and I think that was good for him and I think he probably had been holding on to so many f- feelings over the course of the past six seven years especially um, when you're seeing Karen Civil like it, it could be uh, triggering for you when you're seeing Karen Civil at the Nipsey Hustle. Uh, um, funeral, funeral, knowing she screwed you over, and seeing her on podcast, seeing her on the Breakfast Club, and all these sort of things. You seeing her popping and getting, you know, growing and stuff like that, and you like, dog, she took sixty thousand of my money when I didn't, when I didn't really have it. Yeah, and you know that I think that was triggering for him, but I, I think that you know this. That was a way where he could he could have told his story, but still monetized it, like put it in a song or, you know, put it in a freestyle or something like that. And I think it still would have garnered the same conversation, but you know, he could have like leveraged it a little bit better. Like I'll speak of something before we close it out. Where we at, man? Uh, one thirteen. See, we still got over an hour. Mm-hmm. It's sad. I'm not trying to shit on people, but it's sad how me and Keith we just trying to do a short podcast and get out of here for the people, but we still end up doing over an hour. It's people that's releasing. 20 minute podcast. <laughs> you need to be slapped. They got sitcoms. They if got you podcasts. got two people on a podcast and you can only do 20 minutes, you need to get slapped. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> it'd be three people with 30 minute podcasts. It's like, come on, man. What are you even saying in 30 minutes? But yeah. fuck all that. Um, a more mild sense. Let's say, you know, because I've had women treat me like dirt before, right? Or, mm-hmm. you know, you have a woman hurt your feelings or whatever the case, and you get older and it's, probably 15, 16 years later, you you learn and grow from that situation. I don't have any ill feelings towards the woman. However, when I, if I see you in the present tense, I'm not trying to be your friend. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, oh, hey, hey, Vanessa, how you doing? How's it going? Mm-hmm. Like the last time I seen you, you treated me bad. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's a more mild version where I may not have any hatred towards the person because I've grown, but I never forgot how you did me. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I never forgot how you did me. And in his case, it's the same shit except worse because he got 60K involved. But even with that, he never had an opportunity to express how he felt. Oh, right. So he's literally just holding on to that while he's seeing her out here moving and stuff like that. Yeah. And he finally is like, you know, he, and even in that, I think in one of the tweets, he was like, yo, I didn't realize I felt this way about it still mm-hmm. but when i seen her on clubhouse and when i seen other people talking about it it just like fired something within me to get on the the, the thing and you know and express myself yeah um yeah and he and she and he was saying too like she tried to get on the she tried to talk behind the scenes and stuff like that he's like no nah, i don't want to talk to you behind the scenes after you 
missed all these calls after so many years. It's like I'm gonna get on here and make a make a uh, make this, I guess, a circus out of this situation. What uh, the same way in which you try to like d- diminish me or minimize my whole situation, and even in the conversation, um, there was no real like apology or anything about no. it. it. It was a lot of like, hey, I, I did this for you. I did this for you. It didn't work out. Um, I did this for you. And sometimes it just doesn't It doesn't work out for everybody. I knew you were going to be a great rapper. I knew you were going to be successful. But no. this was seven years ago and it was $60,000. Like even saying those kind of things, I'm sure that made him even more mad. Yeah, because, because $60,000 to the average person is a lot of fucking money. Especially at the time. When yeah. he, you know, you, you just having a kid on the way, you, you've put in already Four hundred thousand dollars. The reason why she didn't want to apologize is because that would have been like an admission of guilt, right? Yeah. But it was an admission of guilt by what she said subliminally. I don't she, think she. Sorry to cut you off. Huh? I don't think she admitted to any doing any wrong that whole conversation. But here's the problem. Here's the admission of guilt. I was getting to that. She's not going to apologize because it would have been an admission of guilt. However, the admission of guilt was, I mean, it was only $60,000. So you devalued the money that I gave you, which subliminally is an is, is a admission of guilt because you didn't even see it as that much money. What does that tell me about you? That tells me you're a swindler and you're used to doing people like this. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? And it's fucked up. It ain't right, man. And there's no repercussions because in that case, you can say whatever. Right. It's, it's, it's like you're just entrusting you know, somebody with some money, there's no real paperwork tied to it because it's a job that's not, it's not a service that you can pay. It's not like getting your car fixed. 100%. You know what I mean? It's a thing where it's like, pay me this and I'm going to do my, I'm going to work my magic. I'm going to make some phone calls. You know, you might open up for Nipsey Hustle, whatever the case may be, but it's not a thing that it's like really, you could put like. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, a lot of it's not legal. Mm-hmm. Because uh, academics talked about it just before the we payola got on, with the, radio the payola with the radio stuff. with the radio stuff. It's not legal, but people do even it. playlisting. It's not illegal, but you're not. You know, Spotify doesn't allow technically people to pay to 100%. get on playlists and stuff. So. Right. So yeah, that's that's another thing. Mm-hmm. What I will say is this: in closing, is um, make sure you get everything in writing. And if you can't get a service that's provided for you, if you can't get a service that's provided through some form of paperwork that kind of binds them to doing the work, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Because what's going to happen is, is you're taking a risk. You're taking the word of a person that you don't even know what their intentions are, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know what? I'm going to reference myself. I'm giving myself, I guess, what, donkey of the day? Mm-hmm. I just recently tried to get some aesthetics for the podcast I had a I bought a big sign. It was a big steel sign. This website looked legitimate. They had a website, they had an Instagram page. Everything seemed legitimate. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering when they were gonna finally send it. They asked me what type of powder coat I wanted, all kinds of stuff. It ended up being a scam. And when I went to the Better Business Bureau, there was a good amount of people who got conned just like me. Mm-hmm. And I know how it feels to be ripped off. I just moved past it, okay? But, you know, I spent a good amount of money on this, and I said, you know what? I'm going to wash my hands with it, but I need to do, be a better judge of character because I don't get ripped off because I usually do my due diligence. Mm-hmm. I felt I did now, but I must have missed some shit, and now I got ripped off, mm-hmm. okay? So it doesn't feel good. I could, I, anytime you've been ripped off, it's just a feeling of help, hopeless, like helplessness. Like, I had my work truck got broken into. They took my speakers and a bunch of other shit out of my truck, and I just sat there like, why? Why would somebody do this to me? And I imagine that feeling is exacerbated 
when you have put 60,000 hard-earned dollars into your own career and the other person on the opposite end gave you $20 of effort. And then the what makes it even worse is like you, like I was saying like how she can diminish that in that conversation. Yeah. But then like trying to be logical in that situation when the logic is is kind of falling flat. Yes, She's it like, is. oh, it's it's only sixty thousand dollars. I have to pay people right off the bat. I have to pay the guy at the radio twenty thousand. I have to pay um, the person on the ground doing the certain work twenty thousand dollars. I only get to pocket about fifteen to twenty thousand of that, and I have to pay taxes. So she tried to like minimize all of yeah. that. When in in reality, even if you did pocket, you know, twenty to to fifteen thousand, you can do some you can do some stuff with that. Oh, you certainly can. Mm-hmm. You certainly can. I'll tell you right now. If somebody gave me and Keith sixty thousand dollars to improve the aesthetic and sound and everything of this podcast, my God, you'll see it. You'll see it. You'll mm-hmm. see two new cameras. You'll see fucking all kind of new shit. By the way, with sixty k, we probably just we we'll probably just up and leave and get a whole studio, get another mm-hmm. studio. Mm-hmm. So sixty thousand dollars for regular people goes a long way. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we've reached the end of this podcast, man. Let's try to get up out of here. I gotta go to work. <laughs> but if you made it to the end of this podcast, man, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy Kate Things. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs>